might bark, but. Welcome to episode 197 of the No Clue Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. Uh, welcome back. Our last podcast of 2022. Um, yes. Happy Merry New Christmas. Year to everyone. Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy holidays to everyone. Um, so, football season. It's about that time. Was two games left? Yeah. <clears throat> two games left. Um, playoff picture is pretty much there. Uh, and Broncos decided to fire a bunch of coaches. How do you feel about that? I I mean, they had to do something. You know, yeah. it, the year was horrible. Atrocious. Uh, it, it, their head coach, like, normally I'd, I'd kind of look at it as, like, the players should, should take more responsibility. Well, one player in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh but the coach in situ like in key situations mm-hmm. often looked inept. Yeah. Like yeah. early in the year before anybody even realized how trash Russ was. And in hindsight, maybe it was a good decision. But like you just mm-hmm. signed the quarterback in first game, you trust the kicker over him. Yeah. For 60 yards. Like that's in, for a guy who's never made a 60-yard field goal. Yeah, and uh just so happens they fire their special teams coordinator. <laughs> and they're um understandable. And their offensive line coach, which I feel like all those are all like the smoke screens to the big problem. It's like we have one major problem, but Everything else that might be a problem, let's fire everybody that has to deal with the possibility of it, yes. our, you know, being our special teams choices, whether it be our offensive line. So and then let's fire and the head coach. So this is a teaching moment. This is a valuable learning experience because. This kind of shows how important quarterbacks are. Mm-hmm. For when you see these guys getting paid, when Kyler gets paid 200 million when all these guys are exp- when Dak gets paid however many million he got yeah look at what happens when you get it wrong yeah look at how they're like to your point it's like we're we're trying not to address the elephant in the room yep like yeah. oh i must must be the coaching oh the line must not be protecting the the quarterback oh our special yeah. teams uh they're not doing anything right like yeah, the special teams doesn't look great because we're going three and out all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we don't get good kicks. We don't get good field positions. Bro, what, so is it, what does it matter teams, if right? I have the best coach in the league if my quarterback is not seeing the field? Ask the Patriots. <laughs> that, that's that's a whole other story. But, but they're dealing with a, a similar thing, and they went through what three quarterbacks this year, just rotating in and out. Yeah, but they're and, they're at least competent. Yeah, they're competent. Yeah, which which I guess like based off this this Christmas game, the mm-hmm. line, the offensive line, essentially quit. Yeah. So like that, you know, I understand their coach getting fired, but the mm-hmm. defense quit, and that was the bright spot all year. Yeah, and that was the bright spot. 
for the last three years. They, I mean, see, a while they've been saying, hey, the defense is really good. If they can just get their offense together, they can just get a new quarterback. If yeah. they can just get some weapons, uh, the defense has been the one thing that they have been um, hanging their hat on. And it's been like the games have been so close, even though Russell has been like abysmal. Yeah. The first, their first 10 games, they had so many overtime loss, like one possession loss. And it was all yeah. Russell Wilson being horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, bro there early in the year, uh, Melvin Gordon was fumbling the ball. What did they mm-hmm. do? They cut his ass, so they waved him. Yep. Can't do that with the quarterback. But make no mistake, Russell Wilson has been horrible enough that he should have got benched like a month ago. Yeah. You're right. I mean, absolutely so, right. I, I just I'm I'm nervous for the next coach that comes in, whoever that is. I would imagine it's not a job that Coaches are begging to, you know, people with who have been looking for opportunity are probably not dying to get this opportunity. Not looking to be interviewed here. I keep coming back to it with Denver, man. Like, uh, what's his what the GM, uh, the the quarterback, Elway, <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. How is yeah. he this inept at picking quarterbacks? It's. You know, we had a similar we had Dude. similar issues with uh, the NBA when solid point guard coaches go and don't have any point guard on the team. It's like, what do you? This is you should know this. And, yeah, coaches, man. I mean, with the NFL, it's just they're it's really not even that hard. It's the obvious one position that you have to have someone that knows what they're doing, or at least well, like really, really wants to win. And these organizations are so, I don't even have a better word for it besides cringe by cycling through coaches and like Mm -hmm. not really looking at their quarterback. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's rough, man. Broncos in a really, really rough spot. I'm not sure where they go from here, even if they got a new quarterback, uh, which they they really can't because they pay uh, Wilson so much. A lot but, of money. Yeah, I, I don't. Even, I have no idea what their next deci- decision could be that would help them. I don't know how they get better at this point, but he he just has to get better, and that's the hard part. At his age, to to put the pressure on him to yeah. come back next year as another guy, and you know, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, bro. If I'm if I'm Nate Hackett. Man, anytime they ask me about family, friends, ask me about coaching, that 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 scrub Russell Wilson threw away my career, dude. Yeah. I'm not saying every decision I made was right, but I promise you we spent weeks working on our offense. We did not prepare to come out and be inept offensively every night. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way you take the heat if you're in that position. No way. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Uh what else we have in the NFL? Staying in the same division. 
Mm-hmm. Another team that's imploded, the Raiders. Oh, the Raiders. Team we God. both had a lot of confidence in early in the season. Well, but preseason, I should say, not early in the season. Preseason, we both um, had high hopes for this team. And I just. God, it's such a disappointment, honestly. They had like one highlight all season. Like one, like good, really solid game. And they're like, oh, okay, that's what we've been waiting for. But then the rest of the season has been a disaster. You know Weapons who they're having... they're early in the year. Their only two wins were against the Broncos. I'm pretty sure. That's really really bad. That's <laughs> not surprising. But... Somebody else too. I think maybe the Texans. <laughs> like somebody else that sucked. Yeah. They um. And, and all the things that we praised them for coming into the season just got worse and worse and worse as the season went on. Man, man. And I, I, I look weird defending Derek Carr because he was bad this year. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's essentially getting kicked to the curb while Russell Wilson is just destroying a franchise from within... <laughs> Is sick to me, bro. I mean, I can. You remember a number of weeks ago? Uh, they, there was this big moment in one of the post games where he was crying, or Carr was crying. Yeah, essentially like calling out like whoever's not bought in, like that's that's on you. Like we're all in, you know. We're trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that to me saves your coach's job. It does. It is one of the premier guys is kind of vouching that we're trying to figure it out. It's not a lost cause like the Broncos who are fighting yeah. on the field every game. Yeah. You know, so but the situation just spiraled so out of control. He kept it together and now it's his fault. Um, <clears throat> the thing is, they're out of playoff contention right i think they still i think they have to win out and like three other teams have to lose out they're out of playoff (laughs) no no they are but it's not like they're they're like onto the lot like we're now fighting for a draft pick oh no they're not that bad no but i'm saying at, at this point maybe they say hey it's over let's just let's just see what how this looks with somebody else out there let's do something different because you know, it, obviously this year has been trash. And they, they lost some really bad games, man. Oh, that Arizona loss early in the year. Remember they blew? They were up like 20 to nothing. Yeah, that was like the second game of the season. Oh, that was so bad. Oh, they lost to the Colts. Oh, the Jeff the the game first game. Jeff Saturday's yeah. first game. Oh, God. Oh, that was the worst loss of the year, hands down, for anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Lost to the Rams by one. Lost to the Steelers by a field goal. It's just, man, it's bad. (laughs) It's such a bad season. Stafford couldn't even throw the ball and they beat them. (sighs) Yeah. Man, that's, wow. Yeah, so, I don't know, man, I... I I know I get what you mean. It does suck that it's on car, but 
beginning of the season, Carr was the one who was like, you know, what right. is going on? He can't have a better set of weapons. He really can't. Like, no, you know, honestly, he doesn't have. Uh, you remember when your boy Dable was chewing out uh, Daniel Jones for like throwing a bad interception? Yeah. There was like week three or four, there was a game when Devontae had like one target. Yeah. I we would have like by fourth quarter, I'm I'm chewing him out on the I'm chewing out Derek Carr on the sideline. Yeah. There was multiple games where he had like some of the like the least amount of targets in the offense. And it's just what do we do with that? Right. Um so yeah, man, it is unfortunate that it's on car, but this team is just way too good to not do better this season. And I mean, and the thing is, this it's a statement, but big scheme of things. If he sits and who's the backup for them? Do you know? Jared Stidham. Stidham. Oh, Stidham. Yeah. If he sits and Stidham goes out there and throws for twenty touchdowns, Stidham's not starting next season. It doesn't change anything. That's why, to me, it's not even a. It's not necessarily putting it on cars. It's almost just like a, we just need something fresh for now. It's over. Let's just, you know, let's just I mean, sit this out. Again, I can't defend some of the, the bad games he's had. Yeah. But to me, you like, to me, this wasn't a solution in any way. Because like you it's said, not solution, Stidham is no. not going to be your quarterback next year. So right. this whole explanation that the coach gave that it, we're trying to look at the, like a young guy. No, you're not. That's false. Yeah, it's not That's like the Packers false. with Jordan Love, where they'd actually look at him, right? Stidham and it, it would be a complete that he sucks. Yeah, yeah, and and the offense wouldn't change that much. Yeah, it would be a different quarterback, but it wouldn't be completely right. a complete shift of like how you play. Um, Jordan Love would be a complete shift of how the Packers play. They couldn't play right. the same way at all. But yeah. That's BS. Him doing that was BS because we know R is their quarterback unless they trade him. But we know Stidham is not their quarterback. Yeah, no and what. we know it's because they don't want him to get hurt. Yeah, because that's the only way they'd have to pay him the full contract. Right. So, like, it's such an odd. The, the details of the situation are right there. Like, just be honest about it. Yeah. Again, yeah. I, Jared Stidham, like. Really? That's who we're turning to as we're we're evaluating the young guys, right? That's yeah. trash, bro. You're how about the fact that your defense is horrible all the time? Yeah, it is. It is. You putting you blaming Derek Carr that y'all can't beat Kansas City, but your defense is giving up thirty plus points all the time. Yeah, like that Everyone makes a difference. Who plays the Raiders City. looking like Patrick Mahomes? So far, yeah, yeah. Um, Bro, they had that Jeff Saturday game. Matt Ryan was looking like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Tannehill had like one of his best games. Yes, against them too. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tannehill like made the Titans more sure of his future with them out of nowhere just, just because of how he played against them. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. Um, next season, hopefully they come in with a better attitude. Uh, 
the, the one thing that is worrisome about Carr's outbursts, not outbursts, but what he said about, you know, the team buying in and stuff. If the team, if he wants the team to buy in or there's this game plan that the team isn't, you know, uh, executing because they're just not feeling what the coach is saying or they're not feeling how Carr is leading them, that could be even worse, a worse look at Carr because like, man, did you lose the, have you lost the locker room, the leadership? Do we not have your leadership anymore? Because if guys aren't responding to the strategy that you want them to do or this uh, mentality you're trying to instill in them. Um, I Again, I'm with you. I'm with you dangerous. if it was Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron got yeah. this like history of odd behavior and kind of he's having issues with the organization. Carr has always been a team first guy. He's like, oh, he took all the bullets of last year's disaster. Yeah. I mean, and they were, they were all disaster last year and he took all of that. He's taken so much criticism from all his coaches, not liking him, taking all of that. He's played at a high level. Again, it's not like he's a bum. Right. They're turning away from him. Like, Again, without any options. That's why I don't understand. You're still you still mathematically have a chance. Mm-hmm. The pat look at the Packers. They won a couple games. They're feeding off the momentum. They're like at least trying. Mm-hmm. I don't understand yeah. why you don't try in this situation. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Playing Kansas City, so your chances aren't great. Yeah, yeah, but at but least I, try. I, yeah, if if your team really wants to try, if Carr really wants to try, I I agree. I I think they should try, but um, I also get how they feel about it, especially going through the emotional roller coaster they went through this season with. Oh, are oh, we man. actually? We actually suck. Oh, was it just a bad game? Was it just a bad run? Oh, you know, maybe we need a new quarterback. Maybe we need a new coach. All that other stuff. So, and they, did you see? Coach, did you but, see that Devonte said like? Like if it wasn't for a car, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, looks like, bro. Times. That's that to me just kind of speaks to Car's character. Yeah, it could speak that's to his... um his last <laughs> leader's character too, though. Yeah, I I don't know, man. That's... It's 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 an odd situation, but it the is. the fact that they don't have a fix or they're not really like going in a fixable direction makes this move looks like a blatant look like a blatant scapegoat i agree with that i definitely agree with that yeah you're right um see anything else nfl no nothing pressing that comes to mind yeah me either me either we'll have um we'll talk playoffs next week uh yeah afc uh big game this weekend uh uh, Bengals, uh, Bills. Yeah, Monday, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, yeah, huge game. That's probably the best game for the rest of the season. Oh, best another game, big uh, game. the The last week of the season is going to be Jacksonville and Tennessee for the playoff yeah. spot. Yeah, it's. I was confused <laughs> going into. Did you watch the game yesterday? I turned it on for a little bit. Yeah, and they they yeah. showed this how the standings are where it really didn't matter for Tennessee. That's why nobody was playing, right? 
And that was so right. weird to me. I I'd never seen anything like that. It's weird that that particular game doesn't matter, but the next one does. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's that's the thing about the divisions and it, it shows it shows how valuable that tiebreaker is. Yeah. 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 Cowboys. I mean, it still helped the Cowboys, um, mm. even if it's just a tune up for them. Um, mm. I'm not but, impressed. Yeah, the but Titans, we'll see. Uh, who do the Cowboys have last? Eagles. I think their their big game is the Eagles. Or no, I'm no. They beat uh, they beat the Eagles. They beat already. the Eagles. Beat the Eagles last week. Um, let me see. Yeah, they played the Giants. Maybe. Mm. No, the Commanders. Ah, uh, and that's gonna be feisty because the Commanders are fighting for a playoff spot too. Yeah, and it's Giants and Eagles. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see. See how that goes. That, that should be exciting. All those should be exciting. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the NBA. Obviously, uh, we have to start with the person who's been going crazy in the stats this week, last two weeks, and that's Luca. 60-20-10 game, 35-12-12 game. I mean, I'm saying like all the low numbers, but uh, he's killing it, man. He's taking over right now. I mean, and it's really not just the two weeks. Most of the season, he's been taking over. I, I believe he was our preseason MVP pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think we I think we both said that. So um and you, you know, you have Dallas coming out the West. Is that still 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 how you see it? Mm, I, my confidence is not looking good. I'll I'll, I'll say that. Oh, oh whoa, 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 whoa. So you had you had them coming out the West, but now Luke is playing better and your confidence went down. Yeah, he's not really playing better, but he's his. Stats he, he's are- done. He's done exactly what I asked. He looks in better shape. Like he's not burning out when they get to the clutch and missing more free throws down the stretch. He's yeah. still, you know, he's not. He's making a lot more clutch shots. Yeah, yeah. But Dallas as a whole is just so predictable. Yeah, predictable. And it, and honestly, that was my biggest. And I haven't wanted to – there's a lot of people who've quickly jumped to the comparison uh, of which team this this group looks like, Mm -hmm. which past team this this group looks like. And I really – You're on board finally? I didn't want to be for so long. Yeah. (laughs) Because the stars are so different. The coaching is much better here, uh, much more self-aware. Uh, okay at least offensively um yeah but they're the they're the hardened rocket let's be honest <laughs> they are and, and uh, again i've been denying it it's been a fact for a good year now like a good year and a half yeah but sitting there on christmas and i did have a drink when this game was going on yeah but like I literally visualized Harden isoing up top, running the screen just to get the switch, isoing yeah. up top. 
Let's move it yeah. over. The screen didn't work right away, so let's run it again with somebody else to get another switch. So yeah. it kind of looks like we're doing something different, but we're still doing the same thing. But we're still going to my left hand, probably. Right. And and the <laughs> Lakers game, that Christmas game, was the perfect embodiment of what the Rockets were. They couldn't make <laughs> yeah. a shot in the first half, and they were getting destroyed. Yeah. By one of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> Yeah. And then the Missing moment they heat player. up, the moment they heat up, 50 point quarter. Yeah. And normally, normally I'm the like the Lakers are dog shit defensively. Like, you know, it's embarrassing. Dallas couldn't miss. Yeah. The Lakers really weren't playing that bad. Yeah. Like, guys, it's not Luke again every fucking look. So I'm, I'll live. But guys yeah. just weren't missing. Right. And and that's when I was like, man, this is Houston. This is the Houston Rockets. I, I like that people started. Uh, I saw on Twitter people started putting up the um, Harden's MVP year. I, actually, I think it was the year he didn't win it when Westbrook won it, and it was like a five game streak of fifty point triple doubles. They're like, yo, Harden did this. He's been doing this. Yes. Just. <laughs> Just because he didn't go for 20 rebounds doesn't mean he couldn't get a 50-point, 60-point yes. triple-double every night. And he did. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it's a good comparison. I think you can argue the amount of talent between the two teams. Because, um, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone on that Rockets team was as good as Dinwiddie. I'm talking about before Chris Paul got there. I don't think any of them are really as good as Dinwiddie or um, even as pure of a shooter as Hardaway. Uh, yeah. But um, everything else, I mean, he obviously didn't have a, a center that hit shots like Wood that could hit threes because it was really yeah. just lobs. But now we see Luca lobbing it to guys who really aren't even like lob guys. Like Berton's caught a lob the other day. Uh, um, Powell catches lobs like out of nowhere so often. Yeah. Um and you're right, it is it is very similar. They don't even really bother running fast breaks. No, they they was... slow it down routinely for him. And that was something I remember when the Rockets were the Rockets were talking about. Um that was something that people thought was weird because they're like, yo, why why don't they run fast breaks? It's really just harden run straight down the middle. And if someone happens to be running with him, they just run out to the corners and then Harden yeah. finds them or Harden gets fouled, whatever. Uh, and I'm like, man, Dallas does the same thing. They don't worry about running fast breaks. Yeah. Luca may hit somebody as wide open down court, but it's not a, you never see a three on two, two on yeah. one fast break for them. Uh, but I would, I mean, honestly, yeah, the the role players are like comparable to some extent. They are, they are, they're definitely, you know, they definitely are. Yeah, uh, Fiddy Smith and Tucker are pretty similar, but I'm not, I'm not gonna go down the list, but yeah, it's just I'm, I'm almost disappointed. To your point, statistically, it's not really impressing me like it's impressing the the casuals, I guess. Yeah, you know, but he's, I thought the league, like, there's film on him. There's we talk film about it on him. I, I don't understand. I should send that film I made out because 
It's there. I mean, understand how again? He's he's really good and like he small. He's gotten to the point. I don't, I don't know if he lifts. I don't know if he just understands like contact better than everybody. But it looks like he's stronger than every guard in the league. It does, yeah. Like it looks like over the last two years, he's gotten significantly stronger, and everybody else just like hasn't been able to keep up. Because a lot of it is just is actual natural weight, and everyone else is <laughs> right. That's because I'm like he doesn't look any different. He doesn't really like he doesn't elevate better, or but he's just more. He's again, he's better with contact. Yeah. But honestly, man, like they keep letting him just get to the right side of the basket. Yeah, and what a lot of people who aren't like basketball players also don't know is one of the easiest three-pointers on the court is the shortest three-pointer on the court for right-handers is the left corner. It's money. If you're a right-hander, the left corner, it should be one of the easiest shots in basketball. And the easiest pass... To make to the left corner is from the right side of the court, from the right block. And that's where he gets. I, I was watching um last night against the Rockets. Hardaway Jr. hit like three straight threes from the left corner because Luka got to the right block and kicked it out. And it was wide yes. open. I, I don't, and like you said, there's film. I see it over and over. It's the same thing over and over again. But the problem I, is like, He's gotten so good that even if small guards try, they they're at the point where they can't because he's too good posting up. He's too physical. Mm-hmm. He he sees the floor too well. He knows there. I mean, D- Dallas's spacing is so obvious to make him better. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. But again, like it often looks by design that teams are willing to switch. Mm-hmm. Or teams are just like trying to guard him straight up with athletes. Like, have you yeah. not seen him play? Yeah, and they guard him straight up, and he still makes the same choice every time. And like you said, and have you not seen him play? They never shade away from him getting to his strong hand on the picks. The one team we saw do it looked great doing it, and I haven't seen anyone else even try. Bro, um, why? They never. It's like the ice league screams. is too lazy to ice. Thank you. Yes, like the league is given up on it. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't Everybody understand just switches, it. bro. It's so gross. Yeah, and there's still just so very few teams that are capable of actually switching everything. And it, I mean, right now it's probably only three teams, I would say, and they're all in the East. And you exactly that's that was where I was going where. One thing that's kept me very confident about the Mavericks is there's really no roster in the West that can strap him. Yeah, at least not man-to-man. Like, they could come up with a strategy, but how they, right. they're they trying to defend him, there's no one in the West. There's yeah. no one. And there's teams that, like, their entire roster just can't. Like, yeah. Phoenix, nobody can. Lakers, nobody could. Right. I mean, I'm not even sure the Warriors could at this point. Uh, Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins did his thing last. I'll give yeah. Wiggins the uh, uh, the benefit of the doubt with that. Because the playoffs, he looks great yeah. when he did it. And I think Kerr will probably have a strategy. But to your point, if 
Wiggins isn't there, it's a wrap. There's no one else. No one else has a chance. But this is where Dallas is like high and low because Dallas could come out of the West. They could, they showed that last year that they could just heat up and shoot whoever out of the gym. Yeah. Like they're, they're showing that this year that because they really haven't played good defense and they're slowly climbing in the standings because they're, they've been shooting the ball way better. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, it's still, if you contain Luca, which again is a big ask, but mm-hmm. Wiggins did it. I didn't expect that. You know, right. I, I, I'll i I'll throw out a surprise name, for example, uh, for the Nuggets, Aaron Gordon. Yeah. He's got a good build, physical, he's disciplined, he's a good shot blocker, he moves his feet well. Again, yeah. this is like a hypothetical, obviously. Yeah. But if you contain Luka, let's say you don't even strap him, you contain him. Mm-hmm. Dallas' shot selection is horrible. Yeah, Just like if Houston anyone was, if anyone other than Luca establishes the like initiates the offense in half court, you're not going to get a good shot. Not going to get. And a good two shot. players that aren't comparable, but like kind of have similar roles, would be Eric Gordon and Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. And like Dinwiddie's a little bit better because he's more of a creator. Like Gordon's just like an athletic shot taker. Yeah. Like Dinwiddie's more of like an isolation shot creator. Mm-hmm. But again, like you see it, the ball movement dies when when he yeah. does it. Yeah. And he's yeah. just as predictable to me as uh, Luca is. He's a little bit more dynamic when you let him go left, but he's mm-hmm. always coming back to his right hand. He is. Yeah. If he goes left, it's going to be a pull up jumper. Right. Pull up or in, you know, he's trying to scoop it past you with the right. Yeah. So Dallas gets stagnant so easily. And in the playoffs, I have to imagine defense will be better. Mm -hmm. It normally is, especially against one man show teams. Yeah. So I've gone back to the Kobe quote about Harden several times. So I'm not going to do it again, but. Like mm-hmm. one man show offenses get so stagnant. They do. And and this was my uh hesitation about them earlier. I mean, when we mentioned them last time, is that they have that is their only way to win. Luca getting a triple double, 35 triple double. Yeah. They don't win if he doesn't do that. That and, and that's I know like the stat chasing era is is where like guys just do that win or lose, like just showing they can do it. Yeah, Lucas shown he can do that, but at this point, they rely on it so much and the way their roster is built, the way their offense is set up. If he doesn't do that, they don't have a chance. I mean, None. he got the 60 point triple double, 60, 20, and 12, or whatever it was, and he went to overtime with the Knicks. And not like they did it and blew somebody out. The Knicks almost beat them. Oh, they, they're barely blowing anybody out. Yeah, Most of Dallas's 50... games is close. Exactly. Exactly. He was a, a free throw away from having a 50-point triple-double and a loss to yeah. Julius Randle. So it's like... That is another thing. He's much better at free throw-wise. He is. Yeah, Huge he is. Absolutely. Line. Absolutely. So um, it, it is. it's tough when you have teams like that where... If this doesn't happen, if Luca doesn't get a triple double, we really don't have a shot to beat not a playoff 
team at their best, both teams at their best. So we'll see I what just, happens. Uh, to be honest, the stagnant offense, because it was very similar last year, even with Brunson, mm-hmm. but it looked a lot better when it's Brunson and Dinwiddie who are both like stagnant isolation shot creators. How do you feel about um, Kimba out there? I mean, defensively, that doesn't sound good with those three out there at the same time. But the little bit I've seen of Kimba, you know, it's it's similar the to Wood. Look good. It's similar to Wood. It's it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a big upgrade, but I think it is. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a huge. Both one. of those guys, to me, are like just just the the kind of players they are by design. They help you not be so stagnant Mm -hmm. so that now they do have more of like a pick and roll option with wood uh kemba is another like pick and roll ball handler he's another creator especially he could push the ball a little bit more so you play differently and kemba's a like make something happen guy like if if you're on like a weird eight oh you're down on a i guess a oh eight run like the other teams on eight oh run, Kimba's one of those guys. Like, all right, I need to go get a bucket, and he yeah. goes and finds a shot. If if it's yeah. not him, he makes a good play. He's one of those guys that breaks up those runs. You don't really have a lot of teams that can get runs on a point guard like Kimba. He's a good point guard in that aspect and managing the tempo and the flow of the game. So, and I'm sure a kid knows that. And I think Kimba's minutes are going to go up as as time goes on. He's still kind of getting his footing and getting into the offense for this team. So Dallas is one of those teams who's going to heat up. I think Dallas is going to significantly heat up. I think so too. Yeah, they are. They're they're the type of team that like, they'll go on a two week run without any losses or they'll, they'll get like three straight dominant wins against good teams. Yeah. And I think it will be, I think you'll different guys will emerge every night as like the, yeah. High score, other than Luca, of course. Luca be I, I also think they'll night. go six to seven every round, mm-hmm. regardless of even if they're a higher seed. Very possible. Very possible. It's really, really close right now. the The seeding is so tight in the West. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I mean, it's only twenty. What is it? Thirty four games in. So there's not saying, two. Like, it's but there's over. two dis like distinguished disappointments though in the west <laughs> okay As, i'm gonna see you're looking at the standings right so yeah off yeah. the top of my head i looked at them yesterday so not too much yeah. changed uh the lakers are obvious we've talked we we're not talking about the fucking lakers today uh i know minnesota. where you're going with the second one minnesota uh, yeah minnesota is it's is bad gross. it's bad I will say this, though. For us, it's not that big of a disappointment because I feel like I feel like the Kings are a pleasant surprise. But all these other teams we had in the, in our top 10, right? Yeah. We definitely had – I mean, in Portland, I guess, is, is a surprise, too. We probably thought Minnesota Portland would be Portland is a significant surprise. We thought Minnesota would be better than Portland, yeah. Um, I mean, Utah else, is a think, shock. Utah's a shock, but we, we, you and I, we mentioned Utah could be good. We mentioned that they could, this is, they could surprise people. I, I I was prepared for this. 
Mm-hmm. I was significantly, I was a lot more negative when we talked about this trade than you were. You were a lot more yeah. glass half full, I remember. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I wasn't positive, but I wasn't negative. I was definitely yes. neutral. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bro, like his uh, Gobert's limitations are getting exposed. They've they been, ex- I, I hate that they're getting exposed like it's a new thing. He cannot guard people. Yeah. Bro, do you pay it? Like, you uh, really start to pay attention. If, if you really watch, look at the guys he blocks. He doesn't block elite players routinely. He's not stopping John Morant from getting layups. He's not he's stopping like, Zion from getting. He'll stop Finney Smith, though. He'll block oh, he'll like. He'll swat um, Finney Smith as shit. Or he'll Javon swat. Carter. Uh, yeah, Javon Carter, get it out of here. He'll get like, and I'll give him credit. Carter's more of like a bench guy. McCall Bridges, yeah. for example, was a decent player. He'll get his shit out of here. Yeah, yeah. Like, bro, he's not even a real rim protector. Right now, Rudy Gobert has the second worst plus minus on the team for players who have played more than one game. And, and, and it, God, it's so bad because uh, two, basically two injuries and their rotation is non-existent. Yeah. And I can't help. I can't help. Maybe I'm just petty, but I can't help but thinking back to the trade like, damn, 10 guys, 10 fucking assets is a bit much. Mm -hmm. And now you can't put a decent rotation on the court. Can't. Can't. The rotation is really, really, really bad. It's horrible and deloading. Good God. Complaining about Zion being strong? is nuts. You're averaging three turnovers a game. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. He's averaging three turnovers a game, and he's worried about God, guys I being wish strong. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't need to know turnovers. his turnover stats to know he's been fucking awful. Team has yeah. no leadership on the court at all. They don't, man. This is this is a horrific job by the GM, coaching staff, and whoever is supposed to be their the captain of the team. If it's Towns, if it's Edwards, if it's Russell, Who fuck whoever. Knows? Yeah, whoever's supposed to be the team leader is not doing a good job. This is like where Towns Towns was coming in. Holding a cat accountable for all the Popeyes, you know, talking all hyping up the team, how they're going to be a top tier duo. That was one of the corniest things I've ever heard in my life, by the way. Yeah. His his little monologue about Anthony Edwards eating Popeyes. Yeah, my man live, please. Yeah, Anthony Edwards yeah. came into the draft looking like LeBron, dude. Like, is it really? Is it really a big deal what he's eating? He looks great. He looks yeah, great. Anthony Edwards looks like he's getting worse, and it's fucking disgusting. I I was hyped about him being like the next guy. I thought he was yeah. gonna ascend and take command of the West. And he's having. I mean, he's vocal about the issues he's having with the offense but like carl anthony towns you get hurt and you disappear Mm -hmm. like again i'm i've been watching games without you bro even when you're there this team has no direction no accountability in any capacity 
Guys will not defend. Nobody says shit. Guys won't rebound. Nobody says shit. Uh, guys will get exposed. Nobody says shit. Like, are we even being coached at this point? That's the biggest thing to me. They don't look like they're being coached at all. Bro, they their coach got after the way they lost in the playoffs last year, and now they're this bad. Yeah, he's got to go. Here, Finch, I believe I always forget his name. Yeah, Chris Finch, I believe. Yeah, they're twenty third in offensive rebounds with Towns and um, Rudy Gobert. They are twenty second in rebounds. Twenty second, and you saw two seven footers. You can't. <laughs> and Gobert crack had the, top the nerve. 20. Gobert had the nerve to say like, like random dudes don't know what I bring to the table, but GMs know. GMs, the GM that knew just got exposed for being wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, it's bad, dude. It, it's another, it's not even fun to watch them. Another crazy stat. There's four starters, average eleven turnovers. Just, just those, just the four of them, average eleven turnovers total. They, they, Edwards they has no three. Chemistry. There's no chemistry Ed, here. Edwards, Towns, and Russell average three each. So, you get an automatic ten turnovers every time you play uh, the Timberwolves from the starters. Um, they're twenty eighth oh. in turnovers in the league. For those who don't know, that's bad. They're 28th, so they're the top three worst turnover teams in the NBA right now. The the team that was second place last year was only in second place because of turnovers. Yeah. Boston yeah. Celtics would be the defending champions if it wasn't for turnovers. Exactly. Exactly. It, the chemistry is so bad. Forget, like, deloading looks horrible. You you don't really have a fifth starter. No, you don't. Jaden McDaniels should never dribble in his life. It's not it's not his game at all. Most of those other guys, Noel, uh, Nas Reed, who I like, is like forcing shots every night. He's like trying to yeah. do shit he shouldn't be doing every night. Yeah, it it makes it really bad because I actually like basically everyone else they have on their roster. It's just for some reason. It doesn't work with this. You know, it's well, not I also working. liked the five guys they fucking traded. I loved Vanderbilt. Love Vanderbilt. Um, you know, we, we can just go down the line, but they traded and they didn't get enough of it back. Like they should have at least got Sexton back in the in the three way trade, at least. And this is but, where you need like you you see the loss of Pat Bev. Yeah. Like as Pat Bev, for for as awful as or as trash as he is, he keeps you focused on being competitive. He does absolutely, and I don't see that with this team. No, the team got older and looks younger. They look less mature than they were last season, at least in the playoffs of last season. Which, yeah, Towns didn't play great, but as a team, it looks like one of those turning point moments for the team. It looked like like all right. You guys took a fat L here. Let's yeah. come back next season, and they're going to come back on a mission to correct their mistakes, to come out off season, work on what they're missing, and get it right. And they 
pretty much did the opposite. Yeah, man, this this is a failure because this was a a good playoff team, and they should have yeah. taken a major step forward, and they did the opposite. Yep. Yep. Season's not over. They have a chance to do yeah. better in the. And like I said, I wouldn't, the West be, is so I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck into the play-in, especially when Towns yeah. gets back. Yeah, especially with some of the other injuries too. You know, a lot of these teams are dealing with injuries. I mean, they might have a will, shot. Can deloading play for more than a month at a time? Probably not. Probably then, not. Edwards based on his is career, only, I don't think so. <laughs> Edwards is the only consistent player they have as far as minutes and health and. And we're worried about what he eats. We're worried about him eating a two piece and a biscuit. And he's the hey, only Popeyes guy. Who, is good. I I don't care. I don't care what yeah. Carl Anthony Towns says. Right, and he's the only one that I've seen play every game. Every time I've seen the Timberwolves playing, he's the only person I've never like watched Timberwolves game and him be out. Everyone else has missed games. You know, so it's like yeah, they're they're just a mess. They lack leadership. That's their biggest exactly. thing right now. I, I don't even want them to fix any of their problems until we can establish who their leader is going to be. This is one of those teams also that not having a really experienced head coach is is kind of rough. Um, it's one of those teams like I could imagine George Carl would like – people would want him to coach this team because he's one of those guys who's used to babysitting or whatever. He You know, babysitting, he would say. But like, not having someone who has been around and dealt with a lot of personalities and dealt with kids and um, when I say kids, I mean younger players, immature players, rookies, uh, developing players. A lot of coaches have dealt with good players, but they're good when they got there, and I, they're not um, teams yeah. that you have to live through and develop and teach and everything. Like Dwayne Casey is doing a great job in Detroit. He's one of those guys where I would say, maybe well, not this the is other the night, but yeah, yeah. Now, and I don't mean a great job as far as record, but developing guys. I, I see guys getting better every time they play. But like, and Dwayne Casey, worse. every Detroit team has gotten better over the course of that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um, Timberwolves can't say that about right now. No, not it, yet. It's not looking good at all. It's not. Um, let's go to the number one seed in the West. New Orleans Pelicans are officially the number one seed. Yeah, they're a game I guess ahead technically, now? or is it still technically tied? they're tied? Technically they're tied with Denver, but I don't know who. I don't know if they have a tiebreaker between them. I'm not sure, but they're mm-hmm. tied with Denver for number one. Uh, <clears throat> Zion is playing like the player that they dreamed he would be. Yeah. Um. And he probably, I mean, obviously he could get better. I don't remember the exact percentage, but I I saw on TV they were saying he has one of the highest percentages of shots in the paint, of his points coming in the paint for a non-center, um, which is spectacular because he's yeah. been going crazy. Right now, New Orleans is third in points per game. They're sixth in rebounds. They're fifth in assists per game, which is I mean, that's ama- those are amazing to be top six in basically every category on offense. Um, so they're rolling, man. Rolling. I mean, 
I can't Window say Ingram. of us are surprised by this. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we mentioned again earlier this season, we were saying, I think it was preseason. We were saying if there was one team that we thought could be number one seed and wouldn't be shocked, it would be New Orleans. And, um, uh, man, I can't remember his name right. Willie Green is my, uh, he was my preseason coach of the year pick. Yeah. So that's looking like not a, more and more of a lock with every week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks really, really good. So we're not shocked, but for those who are shocked, uh, there's not a lot of teams with more depth that consistently contributes. Like everybody who comes in on New Orleans comes in and does what they're supposed to do. Yes. They come in, yes. like you said, with a purpose. Everybody. Um, and again, they, they haven't had Ingram really a consistent Ingram for months. Like, <clears throat> McCollum has played so much better the last like few weeks. Yeah, he's played really, really, really good. Really good. Ingram's only played 15 games for them this year. Yeah. That's crazy. And they're eating. Their depth is phenomenal. It is, man. Their it depth is, is guys, top tier. They have guys on the bench, way down the bench, that yes. I think I don't know why teams aren't calling for every night, which they might be. But um Yeah. Pelicans are using them right, man. You know what they don't like we often talk during games, uh, and we'll kind of like criticize what we like, what we don't like. Yeah. And I hate when when I have to sit when I have to talk to you about like a guy who shouldn't be out there. Yeah. yeah. I hate that. And what I love about this team is they don't put guys like that on the core. They don't. I'm not sure if they have any on the roster. And I love that. I, I love that. Yep. Yep. And I think Willie Green looks at these guys and finds something they can do. Yeah. Everybody. Uh, I'm, I just, I wonder, I wonder if Zion can stay out of foul trouble in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think he's very physical. So there's going to be like in the playoffs, we're going to get like five to 10 situations of charger block. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and if we get to like more, more disciplined teams, or at least teams I expect to be disciplined Mm -hmm. more likely than not, they're going to take those charges. Yeah. I, I agree. But at that point, I think, um, even if he is in foul trouble, I should say, once they get Ingram back, it'll be it won't be as big of a deal for him to be out the game. Like now, they're a clear I mean, cut favorite to me. I, I don't. I hate saying it because they're like they've taken the contending step just now. Like this is them taking it. Yeah, but they're flawless right now. There's really there's nothing to criticize here at all. Yeah, it really isn't. Like they're playing. This is what when Phoenix uh, last year before the playoff disaster was just winning, winning, winning. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like their chemistry is impeccable. Uh, obviously, yeah. they, they look a lot more dynamic than Phoenix did. Their potential looks a lot better than Phoenix's did. Yep. But again, it's the chemistry is the biggest thing for me. Chemistry is amazing it's and been flawless. Yeah. Their defense is just so now talk about a team that can switch everything. Like other than CJ, Herb Jones, 
Yes. Najee Marshall, Dyson Daniels. I mean, I I kind of like what Larry Nance does when he guards, you know, more movable guards. Um, Trey Murphy the third. Those five guys switch so well. I mean, they're so long, they're so athletic, they play hard defense, and then there are Ingram on there. And there's not many guys that Zion can't, you know, stay in front of you. If you go past him, you better dunk it. Because yeah. he's gonna catch you. Jackson Hayes is gonna catch you. They it's just like you the said, depth. there's no no negatives. None. No negatives to the depth. Yeah. yeah. This is a team like it's gonna be awkward because we're gonna get to the playoffs and like we'll we have had talked about them significantly less than Denver, than mm-hmm. uh obviously the Lakers, probably the Clippers, you know, any of these potential playoff teams, we're gonna have to talk more because there's more to criticize. Yeah. There is. Kind of like Memphis is. last year. You know, Memphis is making the the we're just winning all year. The only thing to really shout out was that they were winning without Ja. Right. And it's kind of the same thing here. Like, they're winning without Ingram. Do you have any doubt they could win without Zion? No. No doubt. Like, maybe they're not a championship contender without him. But Mm -hmm. winning games, not a problem. Yeah. 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 They they just have so much firepower. And they look like just someone else would just step up next game. And that's fine. Absolutely. No big deal. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, we have another team in the West to talk about, don't we? Did we already talk about Denver? We wanted to talk about, I think. Yeah, let's talk about Denver. How do you like Denver right now? Well, they're uh, one of my stars aligning teams as far Mm -hmm. as the Western Conference goes with the health. So, uh, just from that point, I'm very happy to see them at full strength. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jokic is just a like it's it's gotten like it doesn't even surprise you how good he is at this point. Yeah. Um, they're another team to me. If they're healthy, they're flawless. Yeah, man. Um, they're they're super tough. I mean, Jokic is again when it comes to stats and how to get stats, he's doing. He's doing it. I mean, he's killing it. Whatever yeah. he has to do for the team to win, he fills the stat sheet. Um, I still have my same reservations about them that I've had. Uh, but it's hard to hard to argue with how they're playing. This I, I just think has some been of the... the surprise of the year for me. Yeah, Bruce has been great, and he's they've like flipped between him starting and him being six man. Mm-hmm. Uh but their roster is kind of like perfectly it's finally perfectly constructed for Jokic it is yeah for Jokic uh like Murray obviously has been a great fit Porter Porter looks like he's gonna be if he's healthy he's gonna fit everywhere he plays for his entire career the way he shoots the ball it's not gonna be a problem yep yep but like like Gordon Gordon gives them such a good balance because he has a good awareness of like where I should shoot the ball from, mm-hmm. right? Like if we're not shooting well, I'm not. I'm not trying to fix that, right? If if we're getting the ball inside, like now I'm playing off of everybody. KCP is mm-hmm. a guy who, who what you would expect to be a volume shooter, but never really shoots too much, right? 
Right. And their bench plays through Bones Highland, who's creative. Very creative. Yeah, and he's Very a fun creative. player. And I think their bench kind of feeds off his energy. And maybe mm-hmm. it makes him a little kind of high and low, but they they play Malone balances his starters' minutes out to like to the point where their second unit is not out there too long. Mm-hmm. That uh, even if their their bench is a little more limited, it's not a weak link to me. When Bones Highland is is out there, they almost play kind of like how we mentioned like the Luca offense, where it's just like, hey, let's get Christian Brown out there, let's put Davon Reed, Bruce Brown, Jeff, Jeff Green, Green, and let's yeah. just spread the floor and let Bones just cook do high pick and rolls with DeAndre Jordan. And then like everyone else is just out there just to see if they can get open shots or cuts. And it's just yeah. Bones doing his thing. And obviously that's a second unit we're talking about. I'm not saying Bones is going to go get triple doubles, but it's so one person based. It's so uh, surrounded by Bones and whatever he does uh, fueling the entire offense. Yeah. It's easy. It looks easy for them. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, they, they rotate in and out so well. Bruce Brown plays like everything. And I don't even know. I mean, we kind of talked about that last season for the Nets with him. He was a utility guy. But for this team, he's playing point guard. He's all yeah. of a sudden he has like this dunk contest level bounce out yeah. of nowhere. He's athletic. Like, yeah. He used to punt it. He used to flush uh, like the pick and rolls they did last year. And I always yeah. thought it was like fluke. I'm like, maybe he's just, you know, nobody contesting it. So it's a lot of space in there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. this year he's like driving himself, not just rolling and catching it. He's driving himself and punching it on people. Yeah. And last year he would just a lot of times just quick drop ins, you know, maybe a little rim pull here and there. Yeah. But like now he's like if someone's there, he's dunking it on people yeah. like he's going for dunks. So it's spectacular. They have a really, really fun team, which we've always kind of thought the potential of them being um, fun. Um, Their starting five is, as you mentioned, is pretty much flawless. Yeah. I, I will say my reservations with them still is, and I, this is, you can accuse me of being nitpicky with them. I, I feel like I have been for years at this point, but, the same thing is Jokic dominates the ball. They almost he dominates the ball a lot, but to the point where I never feel like I'm getting the best game out of anybody but Jokic. And when it comes to playoffs and when you when you're playing against good teams that have multiple guys that can have their best game at the same time, Denver struggles in that. And it's I don't think Jokic does it on purpose, but I think it's just how their offense is set up. Like, for instance, Steph can get 45 and Poole could have his career high and the Warriors won't yeah. look out of Warriors play to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Clay can get 37 and a quarter, Steph could have 50 and it, it wouldn't look crazy. But for Jokic to have a good game, which he always does, it's always going to be a 20-point close to triple-double, 30-point close to triple-double. For anyone else to get 30 in that, it's it takes, like, so much out of the rest of the game for them. Yeah. And and not that they have to do that because the team's good enough that they can be balanced, but I think that 
when you're talking about contenders, that doesn't happen that often with contenders where you see that for someone else to have a really good game, the team is going to have to be completely out of out of whack. Someone yeah. to, else to go off. And honestly, like, when they get to the playoffs, I, I almost wish that Jokic sometimes would c- completely commit to the, like, playing through me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? You know what? Let's say their big is overhelping or, you know, he's doing something wrong that I'm, I could get a lot of looks. I'm shooting yeah. 30 times today. Mm-hmm. To your point, his stats always look good. I wish there was more of like, I'm going for the kill. And maybe today I took too many shots, but like next time I'll give you 60 if you give me those same looks. Right. Yeah. But he often, he, he often tries to like, he, he tries to be the, he tries to dictate the balance. Mm-hmm. He does. And there'll and... be times when he'll only shoot or only pass. Yes. And that, that yeah. kills the momentum a lot of times for me. It does, and and even though you're right, where he should sometimes just take over scoring wise, and not let's say, all right, I may only get two assists today, I may only get two rebounds because I'm taking jumpers. We don't want to come out here. I'm going to take some jump shots. I'm going to take floaters, whatever. That's just what we're going to do. Balone has to account for that, and I think that's why he doesn't do it that much because. If he does it now, um, Porter Jr., who's the second tallest guy on the team, I mean, that plays a lot, he's still going to be 30 feet away from the basket, and Jokic is going to be taking jumpers. No one's going to move any different if he decides to do that. So Malone has to say, all right, if that's what we're going to do, let me get DeAndre in there. You play the four, or let me me move Porter Jr. down to the block. Because Porter Jr. can post up any guard. I mean, 100%. and he just doesn't because Jokic is there. It's like everyone else has to play where Jokic isn't instead of saying, Jokic, you play here and everyone else, you know, fill up a different spot where yeah. he can actually be a scoring threat. So that's something. And only reason I have no confidence in that is because he hasn't done it. Malone hasn't done it with Jokic thus far the last four or five years where Jokic has been eating with a really solid team. But, um, I also don't like teams run them out the gym too much. And not that they get blown out, but they yeah. they struggle playing up and down. They do. Yeah. And that to me, like, it's it's not like Jokic is too fucking slow. I know it kind of looks like it, but it's not like he's always behind in these situations. They just, they seem to just struggle. I, I haven't really been able to pinpoint because it kind of changes from game to game, but... Well, They're really not yeah. a good transition team like they should be. What I've noticed with that, and you're talking about on offense, yeah, or on defense. On offense, it's what I've noticed both, is because honestly, to be honest, on offense, I notice it because guys wait for Jokic to come get the ball instead of just running it up court or Jokic just rim running. How many? How often do you see Jokic rim running? Like if someone yeah. else gets well, the rebound, Jokic just like, take off. Maybe like ten percent of the game. Yeah, and, and that's it's not enough to play against some of these teams that go up and down. That's what one thing that makes the Warriors so elite. Whoever gets the rebound just takes off. Like, if it's Steph, 
we we're going. If it's Clay, we're going. If it's Fool, if it's Draymond, if it's Looney, Looney will at least bring it to half court before he yeah. passes it to somebody. But a lot of times, Michael Porter Jr. gets the rebound, he holds it. Where's Jokic? Murray gets the rebound, he's the point guard, he holds it. Where's Jokic? It's like, can we like yeah, let's go? Let's go. It, let's just get up court. Yeah. Yeah, and and the thing is, Jokic. If Jokic is the furthest from the basket um, on the play, Jokic could be the first guy to the other basket. And there would be no one there that could guard him. It would just be a catch, turn, and lay up. But he comes to the ball so often, and that's that slows their offense down so much. And then all these guys are down there open, maybe, waiting for Jokic to get the ball before they can get a pass instead of just saying, look, let's just push it. That's why there's so many – uh... There's so many situations Bones will push the ball and then reset it because <laughs> there's nobody yeah. there. There's no number. Nope. No, nobody's there. And it, and a lot, that happens a lot. And a lot of times it's really only Bruce Bound that ever is up is down court. Like, yeah, Bruce and Jeff, open. Bruce and Jeff normally run. They're they're the exceptions. They're the two guys that should never be bringing the ball up court unless, right. you know, they say Bruce Brown is the point guard for the night, but Jokic just plays point. But, and that's the thing. Who, what what coach would have their slowest player, there's no disrespect to Jokic, but he's their slowest player, be the guy that has to get the ball on the break, on the transitions. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, I mean, <clears throat> all these are like marginal playoff problems for them. Obviously, they're going to be yeah. a top three, four seed. Yeah, regular uh, season, this isn't. We're talking about playoffs. We're talking about against elite other teams, right? When we talk about this stuff, all of the stuff we talk about today isn't like Nuggets are going to have a hard time doing this against Detroit or like when they play San Antonio, they're going right. to wish Jokic got up court. No, they're going to blow those teams out no matter what they do. So it's what we're talking yeah. about when they play teams like the Clippers, the Warriors, the um, Memphis, the Grizzlies. Those teams, you gotta you gotta bring it because the Grizzlies are running up court every time. Yep. No matter what. Pelicans think, Pelicans getting up and down too. You think how often have you seen um John Morant like catch the ball uh in transition? Like he catches it in the front court already. Cause he just yeah, takes one off. dribble, he's at the rim. Yeah, and it's like whoever gets the rebound, look up court. There's Ja. I never see that. Have have you seen Murray get a breakaway layup, breakaway dunk? No, no, no. It's, it doesn't and, happen. And it, I think it. They do it as a duo a lot too. Like how it used to be without Murray, where it would be just Jokic running everything. Now yeah. it's now and it used to be like this back in their bubble run, where mm-hmm. it's everybody else just get out the way, and it's like two v two with Murray and Jokic for like the last eight minutes of a game. Yeah, they did that against the that um jazz in the jazz series yeah. where Murray and Mitchell were averaging like forty five a game. But again, like, the the X factor is Murray is getting healthy, so so yeah, you is. might get away with you know maybe if he's right by playoff time you could get away with it. Yeah, yeah, but it's just stat and you limit how good your roster is. Exactly, that is my only problem with them. Yes. They could, they really, if they. Got Porter Jr. like a consistent amount of looks every night. They could average more good points looks. than good looks. They could average more points than probably any team that has ever played in the NBA. Yeah. Honestly, like I really believe that. 
Because Jokic could average 40, Murray could average 30, and Porter could average 30. They'd be like the Thunder. Um, yeah. Westbrook, Harden, and Durant. Like, they would average 80 points a game just for their starters. Yeah. And um, they might do that, but they don't. They never get as much as they could get with how they play. Um, but that's their problem. Other teams need not worry about that because, you know, they're, they're just better off with those guys. Uh, not having huge games, but that's one thing that's interesting about them. I'm surprised they haven't changed at this point because uh, I know I'm not the only one that sees that. Shout out to Denver, though, man. Despite all the reservations we might have, they're a very fun uh, team to watch. Like they, they tend to make games competitive even yes. when they struggle. They yeah. sometimes play down to the competition, but again, their games are fun. They they mm-hmm. often come down to like a crazy last shot or last situation. I mean, the Aaron Gordon dunk was crazy to win yep. the game. Murray hit a game winner on Portland yeah. not too long ago. Like him and Damian trading last second shots. Yes. Like yes. yeah, it, I Murray can see that a, in the playoffs. I I will be so hyped. Oh my god. Oh yeah, Murray is one of the like underrated for how big light big spotlight kind of guy he is um he doesn't get enough credit for that in my opinion Uh, when the lights are big and when it's a big game murray is showing up every single time so that's that's why if if him he's healthy him and Jokic, regardless of their problems could walk them to the conference finals (laughs) yeah yeah It's, it's, it's a fact it's a fact um any east teams you want to talk about I'll give you a parallel since we just talked Denver and their kind of dynamic duo has struggled a little bit. Yeah. A team in the East is also going through this. So I'll give you, I'm assuming you'll figure it out. Talented roster. Yeah. Supposed contender. (laughs) Yeah. They have an elite duo. Okay. Who am I thinking of? Not Uh, Matt, to, to give you more of a hint. Because of how stagnant their dynamic duo is, very similar to Denver, they okay. do not maximize their roster. Seventy Sixers. Yes, it's so bad, man. Bro, it's so bad. Okay, okay. So Aaron Gordon uh, sometimes isn't involved. KCP, any of the Denver guys, just like sometimes they're not really in the game. Yeah, I never, I never look at them and think like well, wow, maybe he just shouldn't be out there. Like, maybe he sucks. Yeah. Bro, Philly puts, like, their entire rotation in in a position to look that bad. They do. Like, okay, P.J. Tucker is a matchup guy. That doesn't mean he matches up without help. Right. Like, bro, P.J. Tucker is sending guys to the help that's not there all the time. <laughs> right. You paid yeah. you paid Tobias Harris $120 million. He looks like a bomb. Uh, it's been years now, and we haven't seen team get consistent, like any consistency out of Tobias. Why? Like, since Why he is he even starting? Why do you even start him if he doesn't touch the ball? I don't I don't get it, man. I don't. It's I don't. bad, man. It's bad. Like, okay, Niang is playing better. I'll give it to him. 
but none of their other like Melton is playing well in spite of the fact that he's taking a lot of bad shots. But should Niang be the third most consistent player on the team? Like by any means? No. Well, that's what's that's basically what's happening. That's the worst part of it. I mean, yeah. it's so bizarre. Shake Milton averages like all-star numbers as a starter, yet he looks disgusting coming off the bench half the time. He looks like because yeah. Tyrese Maxey's hurt, I have to assume point guard duties. I can't believe Shake. he even averages 11 points a game. <laughs> Shake, Tyrese never really played point guard. Why are you trying right. to be one? Right. Yeah. And so we I get forgot to their they even had. I forgot they even had Montrezl. Yeah, he plays Court He mess. plays the minutes I thought Niang should play. Yeah. But you get to their duo, who are obviously elite. Harden is back. Embiid is an MVP front runner, of course. Yeah. But it's there's no chemistry. None at all. I talked about this early in the year with Maxi, where it's like, okay, like by default, because Maxi has just been so good, like you have to incorporate him somehow. And it's literally, mm-hmm. it was literally Embiid, like, okay, I won't ISO, I'll just give it to you. Mm-hmm. But now without him, it's just Harden and Embiid. There's no movement in their offense at None, all. None, bro. They run that disgusting pick and roll. Again, like I described with Dallas, we're running the pick and roll just to get the switch. Maybe like yep. maybe three times a night we'll hit the roll, man. Maybe maybe we'll play the Rockets and they won't play any defense that night and Harden will yep. get 22 assists. Right. Maybe, but that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, and it, it just doesn't make sense when you have such a good role, man. You have good pick-and-pop guys. You have good floor spreaders. You have good cutters. And you, you pretty much always have the size advantage. I mean, with between Tobias, even though Dybul doesn't play much, Rickmaz doesn't play much, House, Errol, Niang, you have the size advantage. All those guys are versatile in size. All those it's guys like, are 6'8 plus. Yeah, and they and they all cut well, all of them. They all pick and I mean Harold doesn't pick and pop well, but everyone else pick and pops really well and they, they don't even use it. Yeah. And and the it's disgusting thing shots. about it is Harden is falling back to Houston James. He is, yeah. Everything is with the ball. I I don't cut, I don't space the floor. I, mm-hmm. I'm making all the fucking guard decisions. I'm hitting all the assists. Or yeah. or we just ISO Embiid. And the worst part is he doesn't even do the Houston James. Like Doc doesn't even have the Houston James Harden like set up right. Like No. It's just I haven't top seen of the, lobs. It's high up top. We're just calling it up top. The spacing sucks. And like we've talked about this a lot. Okay, Tobias is like 0 for three every fourth quarter. You can't yeah. get him more than three looks. With two all-stars on the court, Tobias Harris can't get more than three looks. And two of them are always threes. Like, he can't get a short... That corner mid-range is his shot. Like, he's been making that shot forever. He doesn't get any mid-ranges. He's just a three-point specialist now. He doesn't get a good good post-up when he's 6'9", and, like, there's guards playing, and they just let guards just check him. It doesn't matter. 
I haven't seen any lobs to Montrezl. I haven't seen any back doors to Diable. All I see is pick and pop kickouts to Niang is like the only thing that I see every night from them. Everything else is like, oh, maybe we hit house on on the um baseline uh cut. Yeah. Maybe we hit uh the Anthony Melton on the pin down, maybe. Everything else is maybe. I mean, houses look trash for them. Absolutely. And they he looks horrible. He Doc. looks like he, he's never been coached in his life. Doc just keeps putting him out there. He gets 17 minutes a night. No, th- this 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 team is entirely on Doc's hands. It is. And and I won't blame another soul on this roster when we get into the playoffs and they get exposed. I I agree. And at this point, if Doc is worried about Harden, like if it's if it's a situation where Doc doesn't want to um you know overstep because Harden is out there, then Doc has to go. And we gotta get someone that can talk Harden's language, someone that can actually um enforce what they actually want to do strategy wise. Because if it's a situation where it's like, hey, I don't wanna Embiid and Harden make the big money. I don't want to lose my job over it. Well, you're going to lose your job if you don't start winning games no matter what. So, The problem is they have kind of started winning enough to where it's not like we're not going to be questioning Doc's actual job all year. But they win the games. They only win the games they're supposed to win. Barely. They barely win those. And listen to these stats. Um. They are second in opponents' points per game, which is fantastic, right? Right. But they're 21st in points per game. They're 29th in rebounds. They're second to last in rebounds. Another team. And you have the best center in, in the game. 29th in rebounds. And they have the best center in basketball. Like, this is the point I was making on Christmas where, okay, you're eating on Mitchell Robinson, but you're not boxing anybody out. Early, early in the year, San Antonio Jakob Pertl was getting putbacks. Fourth yeah. quarter crunch time putbacks. Yep. Guys routinely fly in and Embiid is bitching like, y'all don't box out. Neither yeah, do you. And, you. and using, like, I know Niang has been hitting threes, but using him as a, you know, spot-up shooter takes away the other things he does, right? Like, he's still a power forward. I understand he hits a lot of threes and, you know, he's a good pick and pop guy, but power forwards still need to get us some rebounds. And he's just. Bro, if you really break it down, you simplify it. Everybody on the roster besides their two star players and Maxi are just three point threats. Neeing averages two rebounds a game. Montrezl averages 2.7 minutes. Yeah. I mean, right now, D'Anthony Melton averages more rebounds than Niang, House, Harrell, and P.J. Tucker. And he's so. and and this it's it's so obvious because Melton, the only guy who was who's been an elite spot up shooter, is thriving. Yeah, and Melton, I mean, they're they're sucking him in the Christmas game again. Mm-hmm. He's he's like six for six at one point. They were all contested. They were. They were all contested, so I'm like, okay, I, I trust Melton to take those too. Like, I we both liked him. Everybody liked him yeah. when they picked him up. He's a yeah. good player. Yeah. 
He is. Yeah. You're not you're you're having him out there as just a, a three point threat. Right. It's like not it. you're it's limiting not his good decision making. And you and have him out the there problem. as a six Everybody's two. just out there just shooting the ball. Nothing else. And they they have him out there as a six two small forward most of the time. Like how they how they use him because he like does the baseline runs to get a three point, but it's like I have Harden and Maxi out there. Who's what position is everyone at? I'm I'm telling you, Doc. I think Doc is letting Harden and Embiid dictate more and more of what they run. I agree. It's I agree. it honestly looks like Harden has like over the course of the last month has kind of seen like basic shit that works for him, and he's just like, let's just keep feeding that. Yeah. And the amount of times he just he walks off the screen only to to try to get the switch. Yeah. You would think yeah. like you just got 20 assists and 15 of them were to Embiid. Like, bro, actually run the pick and roll. Yeah. But nope, yeah. it's just stagnant. Similar to the, at least with Denver, like Jokic's shot selection isn't as horrible as with Harden and Embiid. Right. And the other thing is a lot of times Harden just drives drives into the paint and like hopes he gets fouled. And that and that's B just, does that too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and there's no one else there. And they're really not that fast to get back on defense. Even though, I mean, their opponent's points per game is is kind of a flawed stat because it's really about pace because they take forever to get shots off. Harden dribbles the ball for 20 seconds per possession. So the team doesn't even get the ball enough to yes. score a lot of points. So I, just, I I don't know, man. I, I don't know how they fix it at this point without like completely changing their offense. No, nah, they're, they're but, feeding um, into everything that won't be sustainable in the playoffs. It's a fact. And, and when they get exposed, you know, it's going to be the same, like the, the memes, there's going to be lists of Doc's failures and with with this new one at the fucking bottom. Yeah, it will. And they're going to have the clip of him talking about check my resume. Like, Doc, your resume makes you look bad. Yeah, they're going to have two Hall of Famers on the team, two MVP candidates. Let's, let's and, keep it yeah. a stack. Let's keep it a stack, Doc. KD, KD gets, you know, his championship rings get discredited. Doc, you had like three Hall of Famers in the starting lineup. Your championship ring is discredited. You haven't made it to the conference finals since. (laughs) Yeah. Since. And you had, again, three Hall of Famers and a potential Hall of Fame point guard. Yeah. He had three Hall of Famers for the Clippers. And couldn't get out the second round. Yeah. More of the same. Two potential Hall of Famers here. Not looking good for the second yeah. year in a row. Yep. Yep. Third year in a row. I mean, Harden just got there, but. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Let's see. I think that I think that's good for today. You have any more uh, anything you want to talk about? Like you have to talk about today? No, no, not today. Yeah, I think we come back um, in the next year. Talk East, about I'm, I'm disappointed in the Eastern Conference, but we'll we'll get into that. 
over the next month. Me too, man. There's some teams. Very. There's three teams in particular. I'm just like, I'm, I'm disgusted by how bad they're playing. But you know, I think everyone everyone should know the three teams already. I don't have to say them, but I don't understand. Oh, they all wear red. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even agreed on it yet, and I know who you're talking about. <laughs> they all, <laughs> they do all wear red. <laughs> Yeah, they all wear red, and one of them wears pink sometimes for some reason. That's an argument for another. They're day. number okay. one on my list too. And, <laughs> and one of the teams is garbage. One of the other teams is garbage in the standings, and they're yeah. they're still not as you know it's still not as concerning as this team that wears pink. Yeah, the other two teams are uh, aren't really healthy. The team that wears pink. Has been healthy enough to be better than they are, and they're they're climbing the insignificant uh, standings for them. Yeah, they are. But again, yeah. <clears throat> there'll be uh, Eastern Conference deep dives over the next uh, certain episodes. Yeah. Yep. So, um, thank you for listening. Thank you everyone for listening throughout this year. Yeah. Our podcast stats look great. Um. Thanks for following us. We need more engagement. Hit us up with topics, uh, questions, anything like that. Um, no clue podcast on Instagram. Um, follow us, subscribe, everything, and uh, we'll see you guys next year.